So the tomb is empty. We're celebrating Resurrection Sunday. And what we've got to understand about the resurrection, we're going to talk about the resurrection for a few moments. This, this is the pinnacle of our faith. You see, after the resurrection, the disciples began to properly understand the power and authority that Jesus had or has. Because before then, they'd heard about it. They'd, they'd seen how he had walked into the room and he had healed people. Because what you've got to first of all understand that the resurrection isn't an event, it's a person, it's Jesus. So when Jesus walks into the situation, dead things come to life. And you see, when it comes to the resurrection that we're remembering today, the, the death on the cross and him rising again, it was the irrefutable evidence to the disciples and those people around, and even to us today, that there is life after death. Jesus died, he conquered death and rose again which means that now we know that there's something after this life that we live here on earth. And the way to live the life that we're created to is with Jesus in our heart, in our life. And so the resurrection, it's powerful. And we read the New Testament and we see the writings of Paul who he wrote most of the New Testament. And he's talking about the doctrine of God. He's talking about Christian faith, Christian principles. He's building a case for Christ. As you read letter after letter and his teachings that he's um, talking about through Scripture. So if you look at the Apostle Paul, he's building this mountain of evidence and, and, and way of living that Christ wants us to live. It's like a mountain. And then right on the top of that mountain is this pinnacle, uh, the pivotal thing called the resurrection. And what Paul does is he gets all of this teaching and he goes, all of this teaching, all this doctrine, all this evidence, all this stuff is useless without the resurrection. So he turns this whole mountain upside down and says, everything of our Christian faith is built off the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I know that here there's people that are preaching to the choir, you know about this and this is stirring your faith. And there's others that you don't even know about this at all. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit is here and He wants to help you. We're going to read Scripture and give you evidence to show that this resurrection is powerful. It's not an event that just happened years ago, but you can experience the resurrection of God in your life today. So in Scripture, we see that there's a group of people that are struggling with the whole concept of the resurrection. Because really, when you think about it, like when you're dead, you're dead. And that's what it was up to that point. But now this guy is like risen again and everyone had seen that he had rose again it's like crazy and these these people that are a bit confused about the resurrection so paul writes this chapter in the bible in first corinthians 15 which explains the resurrection and the power of it and as we go through this word today i know that it's going to stir faith in all of us to know that come on our god still resurrects things today and it is so pivotal to our christian faith so 1 Corinthians 15, 12, let's go through this. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to first of all paint a picture of what life would be like without the resurrection, and then because of the resurrection, what our life is today. 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to go through this, uh, parts of this scripture, but I want to encourage everybody after church today, get 1 Corinthians 15, read the whole thing. I'll tell you what, it's powerful. So 12 verse 19 says this, But tell me this, since we preached that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? 
For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. Amen. But they can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ had not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sin, uh, in your sin, of your sin. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, then we, are more, we have been more to be pitied than anybody in this world. See, this part of Scripture that we read, it's, it's talking about if we didn't have, if the resurrection didn't happen, things are useless. And uh, I might even start talking for a few moments about this and talking about what life is like without the resurrection. And you'll even feel a weight of like, I mean, what's the point of life? But we're thankful that there was a resurrection, that our faith is not useless, and that God is still working in people's lives today. See, what you've got to understand first of all is that if there was no resurrection, there's no faith. Because our faith is the expectancy. It's not here yet. It's what we're hoped for. It's evidence of what we're hoping for. It's not here yet. So there's no resurrection. There's no faith. It's like, what's the point? Why would we even be gathered here today if there was no resurrection? There's no point. So there's no faith. What else we see from the scripture that we just read is that there, is, there would be no victory would still be lost in our sin. There's no victory. There's no chance of overcoming because if Jesus just died, we'd still be dead in our sins. But he rose again and gave us newness of life. So without the resurrection, there's no victory. Some people are still living like that today with no victory. It's like, well, what just whatever will be, will be. It's not a very nice place, a nice way to live with no victory. You become a victim of the circumstance around you. You become a slave to what you see just before you. See, I remember hearing the stories of World War II when the Japanese would do these kamikaze attacks where they'd load their planes up with explosives and they'd crash into the enemy to, to um, take them out. Some people think that's what Jesus, he was the kamikaze. He, he, he wasn't just the kamikaze. He went and he, yeah, he took sin upon himself and he died but he also rose again so without the resurrection there's, there's no victory the third thing we can look at is that we're people to be pitied which means that we'll have no hope hope is something that you're looking forward to and without the resurrection without the power of God in our life it's sort of like there's nothing to look forward to because all there is is what we have around us there's no hope and you know what? I can really identify with no hope at the moment because I go for the West Tigers. <laughs> and uh, have we got any other um, people that are... Uh, no, no one else. You've all walked away. You don't follow the Tigers anymore. Just to give you a bit of example, like my football team, there's been five football games this year and we've lost all five. Is there, is there a hope for a better tomorrow? Will things ever turn out? Is there anything to look forward to? There's a game tomorrow, and I think we're going to go for six in a row. We're going to break records, the, 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 the wrong type of records, but we're breaking records. 
See, without the resurrection, there's no hope. My team has no chance. But thank God that he rose again, and the tigers will rise again in Jesus' name. <laughs> uh, but we have, there's no hope. There's nothing to look forward to. Just like whatever will be, will be. But So we see there's no, there'll be no faith. There's no victory. There's no hope. Number four, there's, there's no purpose without the resurrection. Our spiritual efforts are wasted. There's no point on doing what we do. Because, you know, as believers, if we're parents, we're, we're building godly values into our family, spiritual disciplines to set them up for a great win so that they can know God. But there was no resurrection. There's no point even doing that. There's no purpose. There's no hope. There's no, we're still dead in our sins. And I know, as I said before, as I'm talking about, it's sort of like, this is a bit depressing. But no faith, no victory, no hope, no purpose, and no chance of transformation. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34 says, Don't be fooled by those who say such, such things. Bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For, uh, for to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. So there's no resurrection, there's no influence that can affect our life to bring transformation. There's no point. It's just been corrupted by everything around us. And we just become more and more corrupt if there was no resurrection. So let me just summarize quickly what we've just talked about. If there's no faith, there's no victory. If there's no victory, there's no hope. If there's no hope, there's no purpose. And if there's no purpose, there's no transformation. But God did rise from the dead. Jesus did come. He was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross to pay the price of our sins. And he rose again to give us newness of life. And it doesn't stop there. He's coming back again for his church to resurrect us in the second coming so that we can be with him. And when there is a resurrection, and what is there? Because there is a, resur a resurrection, we have faith. Our faith is not useless. Our faith is powerful. Our faith can help us overcome. Our, our faith gives us something to look forward to down the track. We can take our faith, we can make it our sure foundation, and we can build our life upon it because Jesus rose from the dead. See, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 2 and 7, going back to the top of this scripture, it says this, It is this good news. Who loves good news? That saves you. If you continue to believe this message, I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what, I had, all, what had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as Scripture said. Uh, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third, just as Scripture said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the 12, after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Now, I'm pretty sure they're all dead now, but back then, most of them were alive. But they will be raised again in Jesus' name. Then, he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. All these people were witness to that he went and paid the price 
of sin and death. He conquered death. And now they can testify to that and they've taken time to put it in scripture so that we can read it and our faith is built on a risen king, not somebody that's dead in a grave. Which means that when we face every trial and every season that we go through in life, we're not getting advice from someone that had been, but we're, we're getting it from somebody who is and he is seated on the throne. He is alive and he's interested in your life. So we can have faith because of the resurrection and we can also have victory. We have been made alive. We have been born again if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Once we were dead, but now by us putting our faith in Jesus Christ, on who he is and rising from the dead, we can have victory. The West Tigers can have victory. In Jesus' name, we can have victory. Because you know what? Sometimes people start going, they, they get overwhelmed by life. And they start to think like a victim. They start to think, like, man, I, I can't see a victory happen in my life. But what you've got to understand, because of the resurrection, we can live in victory. We can live in victory. What does it say here in um, verse 54 and 57? Now, sorry, then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Now, listen, this is powerful. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us the victory to overcome sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, because of Jesus Christ, we can have victory. So when you don't feel like a victor, when you feel like a victim, when you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, realize it's not about a feeling, it's about knowing. And we already have the victory in Jesus Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And if Christ is living in me, I'm a victor in Jesus' name. I preach you much better than you're responding, but it's okay. We need a resurrection in here today. But there's power in this. So because of the resurrection, we can have faith, we can have victory, third, we can have hope. We have something to look forward to. You see, the resurrection of Jesus wasn't the happy ending of the story. It was the beginning of a great future for us as followers of Christ, that now we can live in the resurrection power of Christ. We don't need to be a slave to sin, but we can live as children of God with the power of God flowing in our life. We can have hope. Verse 21 and 23 says, So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another. Talking about Adam, talking about Jesus. Just as everyone dies... Uh, just as everyone dies because we belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised uh, as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. So we have hope. Now let me just pause for a moment and help us out here. Because some of we can get confused with denominations and different religions and different titles and traditions that people give. I love it how it breaks it down right here. It goes, you're either of Adam, which is leading to death, a sinful life, 
or of Jesus, which we are experiencing newness of life and the resurrection power of God in our life. So don't get so caught up in all the technical words that people have. You're either of Adam, which is the sinful way, which we're all born into that, but now Jesus has made a way that we put our faith in him, paid the price, died and rose again, so that now we can experience newness of life. So hey, people go, what are you? I'm of Jesus. I follow Jesus. Jesus is the one that resurrects. And Jesus is the one that does great things in our life. So we can have hope. We can look forward to it. We can experience God's power at work in our life. We know that God can turn things around. We can look to the future knowing that we have a resurrected God that's working in it all. He has gone before us. You know what? If God has given us a promise, it's going to come to reality. He's given us a hope. Just like when, we, when um, Jess was up here before, when she was leading us in worship, she read that scripture, that he rose just as he said he would, which means that he makes a promise and he keeps his promises. So we can have hope. The fourth thing, because of the resurrection, we can have purpose. Purpose. I know a few weeks ago we did a series about what's next, and we're helping people to identify that they have a purpose. You know that when God created you, he didn't just go, oh, well, let's just see how they turn out. No, he has a purpose for your life. He has put talents and abilities in your life that as you serve him, he begins to develop those and you can begin to get satisfaction into your life and you begin to make a difference with those, for those people around you as you begin to live a life of purpose. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 so, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. That's what we call intensifier, isn't it? Immovable. We're going to see a generation that's strong and immovable in their faith. Giant killers in Jesus' name. It says, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Which means God has given us purpose. What we do now has purpose. It has reason. It's not a waste Whatever you do for God, when you're serving, when you're discipling, when you're encouraging, when you're being kind, when you're leading people to Christ, it's never a waste of time. It's what God has designed you to do, giving you purpose. And the last is this, that because of the resurrection, we have the ability to be transformed, transformed. You see, what you've got to understand is the resurrection. When we give our life to Christ, and we've got baptisms in a moment, which is going to celebrate. It's going to be great. But God transforms us. We were once dead in our sins, but he transforms us and gives us newness of life. The old is gone and the new has come. He transforms us. Some people go, those Christians, they're all into brainwashing. No, we're not into brainwashing. We're into transformation. Seeing dead things come to life. Seeing people that had no vision move forward in purpose. I'll end with this one bit of scripture. Verse 15, 53. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you the wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when that last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, 
Those who have died will be raised to life forever. And we who are living will be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into the bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. But also, listen to this, we're here, uh, also while we're here on earth and we follow Christ, we are being transformed into His likeness. Transformation that we're talking about has, it's twofold. When we die, we get resurrected into the new body, the new life that He has, but also here on earth, He's transforming us to be more and more like Him. So these bodies will die. This tent, this temple will die and we'll have a new immortal body. I've got my requests in for what I want mine to be like. More hair. Be able to eat whatever I want and stay skinny. I think we've probably all got the same requests. But come, there's a resurrection when we die. This body goes into the ground and we resurrected. That's something to look forward to, but we've also got to realize that as we're living here on earth right now, as followers of Christ, He's transforming us to be more and more like Him. Who's your hero? Who do you want to be like? I want to be like Jesus. More like Him, using my gifts and talents to serve people, love others, to see people that are hurt and broken being restored and healed by the love of God. If there's no transformation... I doubt the decision. Which means if I say yes to Jesus and there's no transformation, well, maybe I didn't say yes to Jesus. Because every choice that we make has a flow-on effect. And when we say yes to Jesus, our flow-on effect is that we are transformed to be more and more like Jesus. So before you respond, before you act, before you accuse or throw opinions, say, am I being like Jesus right now? Am I seeing people set free and made whole? Or am I trying to cause people to live more bound?